Hello and welcome to episode 47 of the Avatar Hour podcast, your ultimate companion podcast to the world of Avatar. I'm Andre. And I'm Kayla. And today we will be discussing and breaking down chapters 5 through 8 of FCE's The Shadow of Kiyoshi. Just to let you all know that there is a good chance we will be discussing spoilers for not only the previous novel, The Rise of Kiyoshi, but also for Avatar The Last Airbender and The Legend of Korra. However, you are free from any spoilers regarding any Avatarverse comic books. Before we get into the recap, Kayla, what's going on? How are we doing? Oof, it is it has been a week, not gonna lie. It's it's kind of just been a very bumpy week for me, but um, you know, I'm just riding with the waves here. There's a lot of them, but we're good. We're doing pretty good so good, far. Good. Um, you know, I get to, you know, go on vacation, go on like a little mini vacation next uh, at the end of next week. Mm-hmm. So that'll be fun. And, you know, I'm working state fair as part of my job. So I'm looking forward to that. Nice. You know, something different. Change of pace instead of just the office. You know, I get to be around a lot of other people that I'm normally used to. It's really like besides the concert I went to. It's probably the most amount of people I've been around in the last few months. <laughs> nice. Very exciting. Yeah. How about you? What have you been up to? Um, We're still in the process of of putting all of our shit away from the move. Um, we got a lot done ever since uh, we recorded on Sunday, so we have a lot of stuff put up. We just still yeah. have a couple of shelves, a couple of books to put away, and I think I think that's it. I think that's all we have to do. I feel like every time I look at your screen, I always notice I notice like something new that's in the background of your like your my, setup. Yeah, my aesthetic is very maximalist. There's a lot going on, you know, but that's how I like it. So unfortunately, some of the limitations of my apartment don't allow me to have cool led lights and stuff like that and just yeah. also I just have a small apartment in general so you get for our patrons who are able to watch our podcast recordings you can see my lovely pride flag in the background my unmade bed and that's kind of it that's that's it <laughs> i don't mean to show you up kayla but <laughs> yes he's got he's got fans on his door he's got the led lights because what you know, queer person doesn't have LED lights except for those whose apartments don't allow for sticky things on their walls. Period. Um, <laughs> he's even got our logo on with on the yes. TV in the background as well. He's got our podcast cover art. He's got the Shadow of Kiyoshi like propped up on the desk behind him, just like you know, professional and all. Mine just has my phone. My I have my copy of Shadow of Kiyoshi just sitting next to my microphone, my <laughs> phone on top of it, like. Everything is just thrown about. It's just... This is what happens after you graduate college. You flourish. <laughs> I technically graduated college. I'm in grad school right now. I, <laughs> I Well, that's still college in my mind. <laughs> oh, it is. Especially because I just, I, you know, didn't go into the workforce and then come back into grad school. Like, you right. know, some like a good chunk of the folks who I'm in class with did. <laughs> right, right. Uh, anyway. All right, before we get into our recap of Shadow of Kiyoshi today, we have a news item we have to talk about. Um, an official trailer dropped on August 4th for Avatar Legends, the role-playing game. We did cover this sometime in Season 2 when it was first announced, but now it is finally coming out for the public. According to the trailer, you can choose a time period to play the game in. So you can play during the time of Kiyoshi, which takes place right after this book, Shadow Kiyoshi. You can play it in Roku's era, the Hundred Years' War, Aang's era, and Korra's era. Also, the Kickstarter for this game, the, their goal was originally $50,000. At the time of this recording, that is sitting at a whopping $2.7 million. And there's still 27 days left of the campaign. Now, this is what we were figuring out before the show. What is the Kickstarter for? What is the money for? And the, the Kickstarter is to buy materials to play the role-playing game. At least that's the impression we're getting. So they far surpassed their goal. And even like Variety was reporting, the Kickstarter reached a million dollars within like 16 minutes of it opening. So people were really here for it. And I think it's also because that trailer was also really fucking cool and that there was promised like canon content in there. So people are hungry for some official Avatar content. Absolutely. I was like wondering what like time periods you could play in. And like, I thought, oh, maybe they'll just do like Aang and like, you know, Korra and I don't know. Yeah. Maybe Roku or something. But no, they like far surpassed what I was expecting for time periods, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, I think that would be super cool to play. Like, in my opinion, if I were to do a campaign of this, like, I would want to do like the Hundred Years War, like before Aang comes out of the iceberg. That would be so cool to like, make up characters and explore that particular time period where there is no avatar essentially mm-hmm. that would be really cool hmm. i think i would want to play it uh in cora's era 
that too. That's like my second. That's like my second one. Yeah, the Hundred Years War era. I don't know. I just feel like it's gonna be super depressing. Yeah, <laughs> like you know what I mean. <laughs> hey, I'm just a sucker for like emotional, you know, trauma through fiction. <laughs> Exactly, exactly. Um, the description from the Kickstarter reads, Avatar Legends, the RPG, is a heroic fantasy game set in the universe of Avatar The Last Airbender and The Legend of Korra, in which you and your friends take on the role of young heroes from across the four nations who have joined together to make the world a better place. It's a game for people of all ages who want to look at the world beyond the scope of the existing stories and explore the meaningful actions heroes take for the good of others. I, I would 100% be down to play this maybe we could figure out a way to like play it on the show or something i would love that we need to get some friends and we do be someone who's like a good like dungeon master slash game master who yeah knows this is what good doing this is this gonna stuff. turn into a yeah rpg D podcast uh just, just maybe like maybe we can do like a one-off adventure like you know do a quick like, like that way it can be like con- you know contained and then we'll have a spinoff of like that we'll see you know knock off of critical role but you know avatar universe <laughs> exactly well well yeah we'll do like the first episode on on like the main show and then like maybe maybe if we wanted to like continue it on patreon or something like i think that could be really fun but i would there love to get like more people in on it like yeah exactly i don't want to just be the two of us right you know, right like, we, get, we get robert in on it um yes. we get savannah in on it that would be really fun yeah like, bring our friends in on this i love it yeah absolutely but yeah, that's really, really, really exciting. Um, and yeah, you can he- head over to kickstarter.com slash magpie games and just Avatar Legends. And um, you can pledge uh, any kind of, um, you know, amount and you will get specific um, bonus items to come with the game. So that's really, really cool. So stay tuned for any news of us maybe playing in the future. All right. And I think that's the only news item. Should we get right into the recap, Kayla? Let's do it. This one's dense. We have a lot. A lot of stuff happens in these four chapters. Yes, 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 yes. I like how in like Rise of Kiyoshi, like there was some things happen, some important things happen in the first few chapters. And then like once you reach like the second part of the recap, that's when shit started hitting the fan, you know? I noticed that, and I don't know if it's because the book is shorter, but I noticed that things are moving much more quickly than they were in Rise of Kiyoshi. Yeah. Um, Because I think like by chapter seven, eight, nine, we were still not at the point where Kiyoshi had learned she was the avatar like officially from the mm. father glowworm thing but it's like chapter five and we're like we're going and I I, yeah. I like it I like it you know and we're I was even looking at the book I was like oh, it almost looks like I'm already halfway through but but yeah but let's just get into it so chapter five cultural diplomacy so recovering from their kiss, Kiyoshi and Rongi t- take a tour of the Fire Nation Palace with the help of Chancellor Dayrin, who introduces himself as the head palace historian. Um, the both of them get to have a little moment together to catch up um, as Jinpa distracts Dayrin. Rongi tells Kiyoshi that her mother Heiron has recovered well after some time in the Northern Water Tribe. She also casually just drops the fact that she, Rongi, has been promoted to first lieutenant. Rangi then asks Kiyoshi about her secretary, and Kiyoshi just offhandedly mentions that Jinpa is part of some secret Pai Show Club and does not act like a regular air nomad. So, I mean, at this point, they're not even trying to hide it, right? It's like, this is full White Lotus. Secret Pai Show Club. Hmm. <laughs> and they might as well just be grabbing a bat and hitting us over the head with White Lotus, White Lotus, White Lotus. And when I read this, I, I I think I got a flashback to when we were covering the last chapters of Rise of Kiyoshi, and I think Jinpa said something about something that hinted towards the whitelist, and we were like, could this possibly be? But I, I think now it's it's like fully think about his friends or something. And like Kiyoshi also says in a, in like the last recap we did, like, oh, what about your secret friends? Like, yeah, yeah, it was something secrets. like that. Secrets. I show it's it's gets. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Secret club. It's coming together. So do you think, I mean, like, after, like, <laughs> two nods at this point to the White Lotus, do you think we can expect them to take some role in the story? Or do you think this is just, like, a fun Easter egg for Avatar fans? Um, I don't know. Especially because, like, he's kind of a really important, he's become a really important person to Kiyoshi, whether she uh-huh. wants to admit it or not. But he's, like, the he's her secretary. Something tells me that this will come into play later in the story. I feel like, especially with how short this book is, like, it's kind of, uh, you know, I feel like if, if you're writing a book that's a little bit, you know, shorter than the predecessor, like important details are going to have to be used, you know, like not wasting time with it. You know, that's very true. That's very true. I yeah, I have some sort of like half concocted theory that the White Lotus is somehow tied to Yun because of his like 
like um, fame to do with Pai Show and Kiyoshi. Mm-hmm. Like I think at one point says she doesn't know how to play it or something, you know. So I feel like there's something going on here. Mm-hmm. And, but then I could also see just like. FCE being like, this would be a fun Easter egg for, you know, Avatar fans. Yeah, I can see that too. Not everything has to be Mephisto. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Period. <laughs> just because it's reference right. doesn't always make it, you know, just 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 a thought, guys. <laughs> right, right. But that's what we do. We overanalyze in the off chance that it does become something. It's yeah. our job or, you know. <laughs> yeah. So Daren leads the small group through the corridors of the palace until they reach a corridor with the portraits of fire lords and fire avatars of days past. They all stop at the portrait of Avatar Zato, and upon Kiyoshi's inquiry, Daren gives them a quick backstory on the fire avatar. Now, just so I don't mess anything up or leave anything out, I just took this directly from Avatar Wiki, so shout out to them, because uh, there is a lot to unpack here, and I don't want to leave anything out. Um, so this is what they, this is how they recapped it. Darren explains that in uh, Zato's childhood, the Fire Nation was on the verge of collapse, struck by plague and natural disasters. The reigning Fire Lord, Yosor, was in little position to stop the feuding noble clans who descend from the old warlords who used to rule the Fire Islands before the country was united. Zato was credited for saving the Fire Nation from regressing back to the old days of Taz the Cruel and other pre-unification warlords. To amend the situation, he applied for a job in the Fire Nation government and refused special treatment that his status as the Avatar would have provided. Instead of chasing emergencies all over the Fire Nation, he focused on centralizing his influence, becoming a capable bureaucrat, accountant, and diplomat. Eventually, when he worked his way up to Grand Advisor, Zato was able to end the strife between the noble clans. Rangi adds that Zato put an end to the debasement of coins, saving the country from the brink of economic collapse. And Jinpa notes that a, that a scroll they passed by said he set up an official program to provide relief for the peasantry in times of famine. Lastly, Daren says he also kept records of it. He considers Zato a role model for all officials to live up to and a paragon for Fire Nation values in terms of efficiency, precision, and loyalty. Whew. So this is a long, a lot to unpack here. My first impression of like learning about this Avatar Zato is that what an extremely unconventional way to go about being the Avatar. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Because like we're used to like you know epic like fights and Avatar stayed and yeah and like yeah like life changing field trips. <laughs> yeah, but this Zato guy was just like I'm not any of that. I'm just really smart apparently. You know, and I wonder. Uh, I mean, I assume that he also. I mean, I I assumed he also like trained in the other elements as well, but I I I'm struggling to see where he like would have needed it. You know, like this is a very interesting take on how to be an avatar. Yeah, because like if you're able to, if you're smart enough to like basically spring the nation from the brink of a collapse with like minimal to no violence, like maybe a little bit of violence, but not his fault. The violence, uh, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, not him having to use force in the sense of um bending maybe not i don't know this is like a brief overview of his life um you know just kind of like what's the point if you can do all that without having to use the elements um but like can he have i mean i, I get uh, i don't know something something fire nation loyalty but like isn't kind of the point of the avatar to like help all the nations because you can you have something in common with each of the people of those nations with being able to bend their elements. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask you. I mean, like, it's it's really cool that an avatar kind of did this and set a precedent for it. But at the same time, I was reading this, I was just like, so he just helped the Fire Nation, just the Fire Nation all of his life. I mean, again, we got very little backstory on this. But I mean, if, if it was... I'm surprised that Kiyoshi doesn't even think that. And maybe it's because she's extremely loyal to... The Earth Kingdom and trying to root out the Dalfae that maybe she kind of like resonates with this person but I mean the whole time I was just like I had like Iroh's voice in my head or Tenzin's voice in my head being like the Avatar is a people for all nations not just the one they come from you know so maybe while he did save the Fire Nation from collapse I mean what else happened while he was focusing on that you know I mean the Avatar can't fix every problem but I wonder like just how far that Fire Nation loyalty like led, you know? And it's almost like it's almost like there's another Fire Avatar that because of his loyalty to his nation and his people failed to stop a genocide from happening. You know, like 
that's what I'm saying. Like it's that it was that same Fire Nation loyalty that Roku didn't that Roku like justified by not killing Sozin and their years of friendship, you know? Mm-hmm. So I'm just like I'm I'm interested to see if there if we learn of something a little more that kind of like justifies this or or not. I don't know. I don't know if I took it in the wrong direction, but that's just kind of how I feel about no, it. I thought it was interesting. Yeah. So I, I don't know. I just thought it's, it's just funny thinking about the avatar like working a desk job, <laughs> like being a coworker of the avatar, like in in like an office. I just think that's so funny. That would be a sitcom. That would be a sitcom. Could you imagine a sitcom about that kind of premise? Like super powerful being works in a cubicle. <laughs> avatar Studios. Um, <laughs> God, it's like that weird Marvel short where Thor had like a roommate. Yes. Do you know what I'm talking about? I know exactly what you're talking about. Darren. It sounds like a yeah, it sounds like a fever dream, but it that happened, right? No, it existed. There's rumors that Darren's gonna be in uh his roommate Darren's gonna be was it Darren or Daryl? I can't remember. But his I think roommate it was sorry, keep out Daryl. Uh <laughs> but he has uh like there's rumors that Daryl's gonna show up in uh Thor Love and Thunder. I would love that. I, I would, would that. I want that so bad. Yeah, I think that's kind of what would happen here. <laughs> oh, no. um, yeah, cool. So then Kiyoshi decides to get an impression of Fire Lord Cheryu's portrait and notices that the imagery has a large stone camellia overshadowing a smaller winged peony. I have absolutely no point of reference of what this might look like. <laughs> like, I, I, I was like, I don't know. I just know they're flowers. I have no idea what this is supposed to look like, but that's okay. Um, she asked Darren about it and like apparently he's very shook by it because in a hushed whisper he tells her to speak of this matter only to the Fire Lord and not to anybody else and then he just ends the tour so of course we're meant to be like that's a little sus what's that about you know like what's that's suspicious that's That's weird weird. (laughs) yeah yeah and then so Kiyoshi, Rangi, and Jinpa retire to the Avatar's quarters and what follows is possibly one of the greatest moments in Avatar history. <laughs> Rangi asks Jimpa for a status report, and then Jimpa then completely turns on Kiyoshi and proceeds to categorize and list all of the reasons that Kiyoshi is a piece of shit and has not been taking care of herself. And Rangi, watching <laughs> Kiyoshi realize what's happening in slow motion. Is was so funny, and then Rongi is like, she's like hardly surprised. Like she's like, yeah, she's like that a lot. Like, <laughs> that's my girlfriend for you. I and Jimpa was was relishing in this. It mentioned several times that like he was ex- like visibly delighted to get like a little bit of payback for all of his unheeded advice. I just I yeah. love and I love that Rongi like secretly made contact with Jimpa being like, just keep me updated on on her because I know she's that bitch is not going to take care of herself if I'm not there. She is not staying hydrated. <laughs> she is not sleeping. <laughs> no. She's not doing her stances. Yeah. So, <laughs> so and yeah, and then at one point, Kiyoshi says, I am the avatar. But she like stomps her foot and it makes it look like, makes her look like a child throwing a tangerine. It's just, it was just so, the way it was written, it's just so brilliantly witty and funny. And I just, I absolutely loved it. Um, so then Jinpa leaves them together and they have another moment to try and catch up. We learn that Auntie Mui is the only staff worker left at the Avatar Mansion in Yokoya. Um, I've been, I've been, weird side note, but I've been watching Downton Abbey and now I can only see, uh, Aunt Mui as Mrs. Patmore. Um, I don't know why. I have no idea who that is. <laughs> I'll, I'll watch Owl House when you watch Downton Abbey. Uh. She's <laughs> like my grandmother. She loves Downton Abbey. Um, Kiyoshi then apprises Rangi on her search for Yun and Rangi theorizes that it seems like Yun just doesn't want to be found. And of course, she's like, what the fuck are you talking about? And she was like, you know, if and when he decides to return, then they can take him to task for everything he's done. But I mean, you know, Yun is very capable in just being a person and also a bender. And if he doesn't want to be found, he's not going to be found. And I just thought I just thought that was interesting. But I also was immediately like, oh, so that's what's going to happen. He's just going to show up randomly. Foreshadowing. Look what happens. (laughs) Foreshadowing. And then, as the chapter is closing, Rangi mentions that the party is just a few hours away. And she flirts with Kiyoshi, offering her a way to get her mind off Yoon. And Kiyoshi's expectations are then completely broken when Rangi leans in and whispers that she needs to practice her stances. 
Um, <laughs> noting, I think that I've she, seen fan art of this moment actually. Now that I think, I think I have it. too. I think I have too because she says, "I know you haven't been practicing them," <laughs> and the 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 chapter ends with just Rangi yelling at Kiyoshi to go lower in her stance. Like, yeah, she, she like leans and she's like, "Stance trading, go." Yeah, <laughs> like <laughs> so Rangi, absolutely love it. Oh uh, yes. All right, so that's chapter five. Let's move on to chapter six, the performance. As the two prepare for the party, Rangi notices the alterations in Kiyoshi's robes, and Kiyoshi apparently has been trying to keep her original, you know, clothing, trying to mend it, but it's just been keeping, it's just been ripping and not not keeping well after she's going into fight after fight after fight. And Rangi's like, you know, you don't have to always dress for battle. We're just going to a garden party. And she also forbids Kiyoshi from wearing her bracers or her makeup, um, but lets her keep the gloves, um, even though she no- says that there's plenty of people here in the Fire Nation that have scars they're trying to cover up from Agni Kai's. And then there's a great moment where uh, Kiyoshi says, you don't have any scars. And she's like, that's because I don't lose duels. And I'm just like, period. Period. <laughs> Partner, romantic partners who roast each other stay together. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Roast together, stay together. They roast each other. <laughs> but the, even in this like fun little exchange, we do get a little bit of a character moment with Kiyoshi where she kind of panics uh, when she's not able to wear her makeup or wear her outfit and it's we just get to see just how much of a crutch all of it is for her and almost just like of a just a veneer or facade that she puts up so people don't question her you know i mean like literally like a few chapters ago she was like you know godlike you know taking down these daofei and then now she's like powerless if she feels like exactly you know? yeah and we we talked about it last episode the way fce writes her as like like an it like a monster like a spirit you know because that's that's the the portrait of herself that she has decided to show people you know but in this chapter and the next one without her makeup without her outfit she's just, she feels extremely like naked and exposed um, so I just think that's a really cool character quirk. And an, I think in some ways an obvious one, because when you have a character like rough and tough Avatar Kiyoshi, it's always interesting to see that maybe she's not all that rough and tough, you know? So it's very interesting. Um, Rangi in this chapter also continues to explain like how much tradition and manners and appearances matter in the Fire Nation. And I swear to God, I was getting cross-eyed with all of these rules that they have to follow um yeah. and i was We're just not like say them all here <laughs> yeah yeah i'm not gonna list them there there's just a lot that's all y'all, that's all y'all gotta know um and kiyoshi follows like pretty much none of it so then both jimpa and rangi have mentioned that they will be attending a garden party with a small gathering all right and then in true avatar fashion we smash cut to basically like a rave with approximately 500 people in attendance <laughs> And then Kiyoshi, like, whispers to Rangi and Jinpa under her breath, like, you two are worthless. Because <laughs> they're standing on this, like, giant dais overlooking the crowd. And it's, it's just, again, another great Avatar moment of humor. Uh, Darren then leaves them off the dais after the opening festivities, instructing the Avatar to float like a leaf in a pond through the crowd where she will meet the Fire Lord halfway. Be the leaf! <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I was like, oh yeah, Avatar Kiyoshi, (laughs) you know her, just a leaf in a pond, absolutely. Oh my god. And it's just more more rules, just Rangi just giving her all these rules. I was feeling anxiety, the same way Kiyoshi was just like, I would just be like, okay, I'm just not going to move or say anything. I'm not going to look at anybody, yeah, I'm just, I'm just not. So, um, so they're going through the crowd, and there's like food going around, and then Rangi notices that the party is not serving these specific kind of mushrooms, which are apparently a staple of the Festival of Zeto. And Rangi explains that if the Fire Nation Royal Palace does not have them, that means no one else does. And that must mean that the food industry in the country is struggling. And then Kiyoshi runs into Liu Beifong and Governor Xing. And what follows is incredible. Um, Xing basically, this, this governor dude like goes up to Kiyoshi and says that your misinformation that you spread among my people it's disturbing the peace and the law and order of his land Kiyoshi however uh remembers Shing as the one who bought land at distressed prices from people who could not grow crops as a result of Daofei attacks and then forced them to work without payment on the farms that used to belong to them okay (laughs) even though 
Kiyoshi decreed that the lands would be returned to the people after she rid the area of Dalfei. Apparently, that did not happen. And even Liu Beifang is like, oh, that's a that's a different story from what you told me, you know? And he's like, I have the, I have the receipts, I have contacts. And, you know, because she, she, she keeps going and says, you know, if you're so strict about dealing with conduct and business, you can just send me a bill for saving your territory from the Dalfei. And Rangi is, like, suppressing her laughter. And, of course, I'm just like... <laughs> you got the... <laughs> and the grand tradition of Paris is burning. The library is open. <laughs> oh, my God. Yes, exactly. That's exactly it. I, like, <laughs> I, I pulled... As soon as you, like, you started talking about, like, oh, right, she reads them for film. They grab the glasses. Oh, my God. That's exactly what <laughs> happened. It's an extra special treat for the patrons, for all our patrons who watch our, vid- our video. You can see me with the sunglasses on. <laughs> I just, I love, I love, love, love sassy Kiyoshi. Like in the in the second chapter, where she was like talking to Uncle Maka, being like, yeah, I was like dealing with that group, the one with the triangle in it with three sides, something like that. Like just like the complete, I'm not here for these fucking men and their bullshit. I love it. I fucking love it. And I mean, like, well, also it shows that, like, uh, like I mean, a like, even though she's in an extremely uncomfortable situation among the Fire Nation, uh, just being amongst other people who are from the Earth Kingdom, who she's yeah. dealt with before, like the difference between where she was a few minutes ago versus now, and then immediately switches back to panic mode, kind of of all. The yeah, exactly, stuff exactly. After that. Um, so then, yeah, Lou just basically takes this guy away. Um, uh, just a, a complete embarrassment. Uh, Rangi's like, uh, that was really cool, but, um, just be more careful next time. Cause if you said, if you talk that way to a Fire Nation Royal, it would be over. Agni Kai. <laughs> exactly. Kiyoshi promises to do better next time as the Firebender lets her know that Heyron is walking toward them. And that is chapter six. All right. So we are going to take a quick break and we will see you guys after this quick ad read. Hey everyone, Andre here. Before we get into the second half of the episode, we just wanted to remind everyone to check to make sure you are following the Avatar Hour podcast on your favorite podcast platform of choice. And if that platform has a rating system, please consider leaving us a review and some feedback. With subscribers and reviews, it allows us to reach future listeners and help the podcast grow in the long run. Thanks for listening, and now back to the show. All right, and we're back with Chapter 7, The Headmistress. Um, well, I put a note at the top of the chapter. It's like, oh, it's time to meet the significant other's parents' time. Even though Kiyoshi and Heiron have met and worked together briefly. It just feels different this time because A, they're in the Fire Nation, but just honestly, like some of like the vibes of this interaction kind of felt like bringing your, like, you know, yeah. your, you know, your partner bringing them to, you know, bringing you to their parents' house. That's basically what this whole thing felt like to me. I don't know about you. That's the vibe I was getting. No, absolutely, yeah. Because later you do find out that Heron didn't know that they were together. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, like she's just she's walking through the crowd, and like the crowd is like parting for her. Like she is like she's a very important person, even all after all the crap that she's been through with the poisoning and recovering from that. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. Um, Do you think it's because they revere her, or because of the rumors that she like kills people in Agni Kai's or something? Do you remember that? I want to go with both. Let's go with both. <laughs> a good mix, a good healthy mixture of both. A fear and love. <laughs> Kiyoshi then bows to her and tells her that she's glad that she's recovered well from the poisoning. Um, and basically, they just are chatting for a bit. Kiyoshi is still wishing that she had her face paint on because uh, she's not sure she's even making the right facial expressions at this point without yeah. it. Um, That's how I feel in any situation. I'm like, <gasps> am I making the right facial expression for this situation? Especially now that the masks are going away. Yeah, but I, I've I've been wearing mine more often just because of the Delta oh god, thing, yeah, but... definitely wear your masks, y'all. Yeah, quick PSA that was important. Aaron then reveals that she had to relearn how to firebend again, which she thinks is a fitting punishment for how she treated Yun and Yoshi. Mm-hmm. I mean, I something tells me that an apology from Aaron like this is something that doesn't come easily or often at yeah, all. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Uh, well, she hasn't technically apologized yet, but I was like, this, this sounds like an apology. <laughs> it sounds yeah. like a very, very close apology. Um, and then Kiyoshi uh, says that she's not sure who, who poisoned Heron, but she wants to find out. But then Heron tells her, like, oh, no, like, Jinju did it. Like, yeah. he, he, he did it. Um, and explains why. We all know why. Um, and Kiyoshi then starts, like, you know, 
thinking about how Jinju, even though he's dead and has been dead for what, two years? That's how much it's been between the two books, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Two about, years, I, I think. Even after all this time, he's still impacting. His actions still have ripple effects into those into the people that she cares about. Mm. Um, Heron then apologizes, like actually apologizes for what she put her and Yun through, as well as everything that she had allowed Jinju to do. And again, that is not an easy apology to make. No, so, definitely not. Um, and she regrets that she can never truly make it right. And Kiyoshi just kind of like you know essentially kind of forgives her in a way and just says that you know. Focus on your recovery. That's the best way you can make it up to me right now. And then Heron asks Rangi to go find Sifu uh, Atuat, I believe is how you pronounce her name. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's the healer from the Northern Water Tribe who helped bring Heron back from the brink of death, according to Atuat later. <laughs> yeah, she said she says something really cool. She's like, I pickpocketed death or something. Yeah, she's she is an interesting character. Very interesting. And I, I but, am kind of obsessed with her. <laughs> oh my God. Anyway, um... So when Rangi goes off, uh, you know, she basically did that to get to talk to Kiyoshi privately. And she tells Heron, like, uh, you know, by the way, like, Heron tells Kiyoshi, oh, by the way, if Jinju were still alive, I'd totally murk the dude. Like, I would kill him. Like, yeah. right there. If he was here right now, he'd be dead. Um, and Kiyoshi's like, yep, same here. I would do, totally do the same. Um, and Heron admires that and says that Rangi is ultimately a kind person, no matter how much training and hard stuff she goes through. And she'll never be, she would never be able to do certain things like kill Jinju. Um, and so she tells Kiyoshi that she needs to be the one to do that in order to do those hard things in order to protect her. Yeah. And yeah, she tells her that she knows exactly what to do with people that attempt to hurt Rangi. So this is basically like they. We got the we got the we got the mom and the mother in law's approval exactly pretty much right here. Yeah, like that's good. They bought it up fucking those who would fuck with Rangi. Like they that's great. Good way to I bond. That, them. that is a great way to bond. Um, Sifu Atuat and Rangi then joined them. Uh, it's Atuat. I'm sorry, I screwed it up on the pronunciation. That's oh, okay. That's what I wrote in the notes. Atuat. Okay. This is a good uh point to say. Um, the reason we got our pronunciations well. On Rise of Kiyoshi is that we had access to the audiobook for free. This time around, we do not. So if if we are mispronouncing someone and something and someone knows how to pronounce it, please let us know. We're trying our very best. We're doing the best we can here and really don't want to be assholes and not yeah. actually do the work and research how to pronounce these names. So yeah, make that clear. it's hard with fictional names because Google's like, what do you mean? How do you pronounce that? What is that word? So yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um. But this part kind of makes me laugh because, like, Heron turns down Atuat's uh, offer of a drink, saying that it's not great for her recovery. And Atuat says, like, look, if alcohol completely, like, destroys all your organs, I will bring you back to life, girl. I will do that for you. Like, I can do that. I am really fucking good at what I do. <laughs> Get you a friend like Atuat who will just bring you back from the dead if you if you just die from alcohol poisoning. There you go. Like... <laughs> <laughs> yeah what's the big deal i'll just bring you back to life i mean i wanted to keep this in because i just thought it was an interesting exchange um but Atua asks uh kiyoshi why she thinks the women in the water northern water tribe are not allowed to study the fighting forms of water bending and before kiyoshi even has a chance to respond to this Atua's like well actually it's the men who are not allowed to learn how to heal because anyone can slap somebody with water but healing it takes true talent girl period uh. <laughs> But also let women just learn how to exactly that too. <laughs> I still want to. I mean, I, I don't, if I were water, but I want to learn how to slap someone and then you know, slap someone with water. Kiyoshi is just first of all, she's kind of processing Achua right now because yeah. she's just like a force of nature already on the page. Like just reading her, I can't even imagine what it'd be like if like I met her as a person. Like I had no idea how to like you know gauge her. But she also is trying to place why she seems so familiar. And Rangi notices that and explains that uh, Achuat is the sister of Master Amak, who is uh, Yun's waterbending teacher and I think also Poison's teacher as well. Yes, yes. Interesting detail. Um, and so she apologizes for the loss of her brother. And uh, Achuat thanks Kiyoshi for her regards and says that, you know, well, at least he died protecting people, which is a lot better than a lot of stuff he did for, the, you know, for most of his life. So, oof. And Atuat and Heyron head over to Jinpa, who is entertaining the crowd with his air with his airbending trick, which apparently requires a lot of skill and uh, is not usually very practical. But good for him for knowing how to do that. Yeah. Uh, 
Hiyoshi then asks Rangi if she knows uh, that they're dating, and Rangi says yes, and it's like, oh, is that what you guys talked about? And she's like, she doesn't, she doesn't really respond to that because she's like, I don't, you know, considering the nature of what they were discussing, I don't yeah. think Rangi would want to hear that. No, no. No. Okay. Oh, God, this part gave me so much secondhand embarrassment. Like, literally, I had to, like, close the book and take a breath at yeah. this next after I read this part. So I'm just going to power through this. Suddenly, a man in fancy gear shows up and talks to Kiyoshi. And she thinks that he's a fire lord because of just how fancily he's dressing and how confidently he's talking to her. And she refers to him by his title and thanks him for his hospitality and complimenting the skill of the artisans of the fire nation just trying to lay on the flattery you know mm-hmm. that's what you do um she's ignoring the tug on the back of her dress as she talks with him and she's like oh i hope that your reign is glorious as your <laughs> you know you know father god rest his soul like all that part and then ragi is the one that has to tell her kiyoshi that's not the fire lord and like oh <laughs> until the end of the chapter and i'm like i was like no <laughs> No, please, anything but this. Anything but this. Like, it's already bad enough that there's, like, so many awkward social interactions, so many rules, and then just comes to this climax of, oh, the person that you just referred to as Fire Lord is not actually the Fire Lord. Oh, my God. I was like, like, oh, my God, she's going to get immolated on the spot. (laughs) I don't know. This place is fucking weird. Like, you look at someone wrong and you could be put to death. Like, yeah, you start, you like, they, they challenge you to a fight to the death. That's just how it is. It's, no, it's not Wendy Williams' clip. Death to all of them. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Oh. Oh. I am very sensitive to secondhand embarrassment in fiction. Like, I straight up, like, I noted, I don't, I didn't even notice I have this habit until I was doing a Netflix party with someone. Whenever a character is going through a moment of like awkwardness, embarrassment, and I feel super embarrassed on behalf of them, yeah. I skip ahead 10 seconds so I don't yeah. have to feel that pain. And my friend's like, are you like my friend's messaging me in the Netflix party group chat, just being like, uh, is everything okay? Like it skipped ahead a few seconds. Did you accidentally press it? I'm like, oh shit. No, I that was like an 30 accident. seconds ahead. I'm like, <laughs> no, this is just too much for my like sensitive ass to handle. Yeah. <laughs> so this is just too much for me. But we're gonna, like I said, we're gonna power through this. So this is moving on to chapter eight, ancient history. And my God, there's a lot of history in this one too. Just so much information just being shoveled onto us in these chapters, which I'm fine with. I love detail. But in the case when you're reading a lot of things out loud, it's a lot. Sometimes it's not great. Yeah, buckle in. <laughs> yeah, buckle in, guys. This is, this is gonna be a bumpy one. All right, chapter eight, ancient history. Here we are. Yoshi just embarrassed herself in front of the entire Fire Nation. No nobility, uh, and some other guests, some other people that are there. Uh, the crowd is gooped, gagged, everything, gobsmacked, whatever <laughs> other word for shocked. Uh-huh. Uh, because that Kiyoshi was had mistaken the person that she spoke to for Fire Lords or you, and it's not him, it's actually Chajin. He introduces himself as Chajin, who is Zoryu's younger half brother. There's already some drama. I could sense that from like, as soon as he said half brother. Yeah. Mm, it's not just brother, it's half brother. There's even more drama there. Um, she looks around for the real Fire Lord and she sees him coming quickly towards them. And he's like, this guy's like, has, like they describe him with like grass stained robes and like kind of disheveled because he's running so fast to get to her side of the ballroom. <laughs> like, that part was just, they kind of made me laugh, not gonna lie. Especially with like, yeah. The, Fire Lords that we've seen very dignified, you know. I mean, it's a great subversion of expectation. I had, I did not think that this is a, this would happen at all. I almost no. imagined, I completely, not almost, I completely imagined Kiyoshi to like blatantly just yell at and disrespect the Fire Lord because I feel, I feel like he was going to ask her to do something, you know. But that's not how he goes at all. No. So it's like know. even worse. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> it's so much worse. <laughs> Oh my god. Anyway, uh Chajin might or might not have absolutely uh tried to confuse her by dressing all all fancy and making her think that he was a fire lord. That was all on purpose. This man is several steps ahead, as we find out later in the chapter. So she apologizes to him. He's like, Oh, it's totally fine. I told like I am still the son of the you know, the that the previous fire lord, like, you know, but he never married my mom. So like, you know, we just 
keep people just keep that on the deal. It's totally chill. It's okay. Real housewives of the Fire Nation for real. Like, <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh my, my god. god! And it even says like Kiyoshi has like no idea what to do with this completely delicate information that this man just completely said out loud with people around them. You know, like <laughs> there's just like I'm just like it's probably just like dead silent in the room. Yeah, that's what I'm imagining as well. And honestly, I get kind of scar vibes from this dude if he was a little bit more like. Oh my god, like, you're right. No, a little bit more like on the like, I don't know, a little bit not say happy per se, but uh-huh. he just puts on a good face. Like Scar is more like, you know, you know, like those sort of, like the dry, sarcastic, darker, and like he's a little bit on the lighter side of that. Right. Like, right. Yeah. He's demeanor. charismatic. Anyway, yeah. So uh, you know, Zoryu tells Chajin, like, look, I want to speak to Kiyoshi alone. Can we just like just let this go? Like you know, please, it's already like this is bad enough as it is. And like, and then changing to me, I was like, oh yeah, he definitely wants to be talking to you about how bad things are right now. Like, so bad. Like, our crops are failing. Like, we are getting no fish from the ocean. It's just so bad here. And like, meanwhile, it's just like all of these distinguished people in the Fire Nation. I'm pretty sure they seem to be, I mean, based off of the palace alone, they're very like, yeah, it's like keeps like their, their goss to themselves. Mm-hmm. Ooh. What a guy. <laughs> what a guy. Uh, and he's just like listing all the problems in front of literally everyone. And he's like, oh yeah, by the way, might even have like angry spirits might be the reason behind all of this. I'm so glad you're here to handle this. Like, uh, and then Kiyoshi just cuts in. She's like, look, there's an issue that you can that we have with the spirit that you guys have with the spirits. I'll take care of it. I'll take care of it for the Fire Lord. It's totally fine. And like, you know what? You ha- he has my full support. And she's like, okay, let's go talk to talk to there in private. And he's like, this is like, this is clearly like, I mean, he's pretending that it's not going according to plan, but it's going according to plan. Um, and like, you know, he got his way. He walked, just Kiyoshi dismisses him, something she's found, like we find out later she's not allowed to do. Yeah. And he walks off. He's just, he is happy. He's like, oh my God, everything went like so well. She so said, I believe well. I asked you to leave. And he says, yeah. I believe you did. And just walks away. Kiyoshi then turns to uh, Zoryu, who is just, again, gagged, gobsmacked, all the words uh, of what just happened. And, like, Honky's like, what did you just do? Yeah. Like, girl, girl, you're a danger girl. Like, <laughs> going to give Rongi a heart attack. <laughs> and then Heyron starts running. She is booking it over there. And she's like, you guys just follow, like, her words are, you just follow disaster with catastrophe shut the fuck up come with me you're both in timeout let's go yeah <laughs> all the three of you kids are in timeout now uh and so they just run off before they embarrass themselves further and like i mean i can just imagine like you know uh heyron just grabbing zoryu and kiyoshi by the ear and dragging them out well, yeah. like <laughs> yes that's really what i'm imagining here <laughs> yeah um kiyoshi then notices a large stone camellia which is gold and it's, emblazed, and it's put on the back of uh, Chajin's robe, which is the same flower that you saw in the portrait gallery, but without the peony. Mm. There's a lot of flower sim- symbolism here. More than I cared to ever know about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So they start walking around the courtyard and they just process what the fuck just happened in the hall. The guards are sent off to go do their thing and Achua and Jim- Jimpa just join them. Uh, Kiyoshi starts apologizing uh, and Rangi says like, no, you didn't insult Chajin. You actually insulted the Fire Lord, baby. Mm. Like... Yeah, it's just this is another thing I never would have thought of, you know, like because because the thing is like you don't you don't say you're gonna solve his problems for him because it implies that he's not a good enough fire lord, you know. If things are already bad, people already think he's not a good enough fire lord as it is, and then she just like you know, yeah, I'll I'll, I'll fix all your problems, Mister fire, fire Lord. Yeah, like adding grease to the fire, um, and yeah, and like uh. And Zoryu comes, like, Kiyoshi apologizes again, and Zoryu says, like, look, it's it's actually my fault. Like, I, you know, I wanted to improve my image. I invited, like, shit ton of people because I wanted to make myself look better, and I made things worse for everyone yeah. around him. And then Heyron's like, well, uh, you know, so she's like, she says to him, this part makes me laugh as well. She's like, can we ignore our statuses for one second so I can read the hell out of you? Yeah. And, permission granted and she's like uh, she starts she starts freaking out on kiyoshi she's like you know girl you fucked up you know what you did and then turns to zoryu's like you cannot be blaming yourself for everything you are supposed to be the leader of this nation you're supposed to be like you know 
like affirming and to be like, you know, you need to be better than this. Mm-hmm. You be better. <laughs> Do and better. Then she turns, and then she just turns to she turns, turns to back over to Rangi, who is like, now she's terrified. It's her mom, you know? Yeah. Like, it's like when your mom uses your full name. This is what's happening here. And she tells, uh, she tells Rangi, like, you know, you are just as much responsible for the Avatar's, like, reputation as you are with her physical safety and everything else. Like, whew, man. Just, I mean, like, she, like it's described that, like, it, you know, Rangi's, like, trembling at this. Something that she has never, I mean, like, they have been through a lot of shit together. They have fought a lot of scary people. And the only person that can make her tremble like that is her mom. Like, yeah. wow. Yeah. And she kind of implies by the way that Heron interacts with Zoryu that he must have also been one of her students. And then Jinpa's like, so why are we all freaking out about court manners here? Like, He's like, let's just chill out. Let's just like, chill. Why y'all screaming so much? Let's just take a chill pill. And, you know, let's just yeah, meditate exactly. for a little bit. He's the one, he's the, like, he's the one reason, you know, kind of like the voice of reason here. Just like, Okay. Yeah. Everyone have a few, let's, let's have a drink, loosen your corsets a little bit. It's good. I'm thinking like that part from like the uh uh Hunger Games, like loosen your corset, let's have a few drinks. Like yeah. it's that's what I'm thinking of right now almost. Except maybe not quite as like pointed, more like you know what I mean. And then uh Zoria says, Look, I have a I have a lot of problems that we need to deal with. Like, can we talk about this privately? She's like, Look, I trust everyone here. And <sighs> I have a bad I have a weird feeling about her saying that like I just trust everyone there I'm like is there should I be worried when she says that oh like in some cases like do you think that someone's gonna stab her in the back do you think someone's eavesdropping I mean who who in that who among them would do that exactly I don't know maybe I'm just like paranoid <laughs> it's that anxiety <laughs> it's the anxiety I've had my anxiety has been pretty high lately not gonna lie but that's just maybe it's just projecting into the book anyway <laughs> It's like, okay, let's talk about all of your problems because clearly, you know, your half-brother wanted to air out all the dirty laundry that y'all have in the Fire Nation. He's like, yeah, everything that, you, you know, he said is true. Um, but then he starts to explain his family history. Uh, his dad was a womanizer, to say things least. His dad was a whore. Um, and Chajin's most likely is not his only half-sibling, but since Chajin, because Chajin gets a place in court because his mom is the leader of the Sawan clan. Uh-huh. They're super powerful. One of the most prosperous set of them out of all these noble families and the the symbol uh of the clan is outnumbers like next to like that was like one of the most prevalent symbols at that entire gathering are these like i i was confused because i thought i thought they had like unified like there were no yeah, more clans but is clearly, this is this kind of like houses like in game of thrones like it's unified but there are still yeah, like that's, that's literally i literally text you that this is like game of thrones vibes with like all the family drama and stuff you know the clans the houses yeah okay i yeah she then asked uh Zori where his mother is and he says she had died giving birth to him and she was of the uh Kaoso clan Zoryu says that his father had officially recognized Chajin as a child in order to avoid dishonoring his mother and pissing off the rest of her family. Yeah. But, you know, then he's like, but he technically accepted him, but also kind of booted him out at the same time uh, and sent him to the fire sages. Um, but it was kind of like not really clear where he is in the line of succession. And his, oh, and his mom was like made like a taboo subject in court. And that's what you missed on Glee. Um. <laughs> <laughs> I'm begging you to stop. <laughs> Nope. Uh, Sorry, he says that he wished they kind of like says like, look, I'd rather be like doing anything else, almost anything else, except for you know ruling. And then Heron's like, nope, don't say that. You can't say that, dude. Like, you know, you literally. What if one of the say one clan members, like you know, family members, have heard him? And Zoryu then admits that he'd already fucked things up with you know Chajin a long time ago because after their father's death, Chajin came back from being from the being with the Fire Sages, and he was not gonna lie, kind of bitter, and I don't blame him for that a little bit um and he wanted the crown and that's pretty freaking obvious from like the first interaction we see with the two of them together and ever since Chajin has been trying to show these noble families that he would be a better fire lord than his brother and ooh, yeah there's a lot going on there yeah <laughs> just there was just, there's just so much information so much information which i mean hey i love all this but anyway he's just getting more you know Chajin's basically getting more and more credibility he's a master manipulator and he's right about all the problems the Fire Nation is experiencing. Food shortages, harvests are not doing well, fish are not being fished. Not fish, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, he's, and like, I don't expect you to fix everything perfectly, but, you know, I need your help. And 
Basically, what it follows is there's more information on the clan, that they're very powerful, they have a lot of influence over the courts and the money, and not even the freaking Fire Nation army, as well-trained and as amazing as they are, like, they couldn't stand up against the other nobles who wouldn't back Zoryu, the Fire Lord, without a really good reason. So yeah, basically, the like, situation's fucked. I'm like, the, the, you mean the courts and the money and the army of the entire Fire Nation? Like... Why does this clan have more power than the actual Fire Lord? Yeah. That's what I want to know. Is yeah. it because they don't believe his claim to be legitimate? Maybe. It's it's weird to me. Maybe there's something with like who he ended up marrying, like, you know, um Zoryu's mother. And I'm pretty sure there's some drama over that. Like, I guess. But even even Kiyoshi like notes like to herself that you know, even the Fire Lord is powerless in this situation, you know? So, like, what's what's even the point, you know? Yeah. It's fucking scary. <laughs> Just watch. And it's, like, all these rules, and for what? A Fire Lord that can't do anything. Exactly. Ugh. Well, then Heron kind of cuts in the middle of their history lesson and discussion and says that they needed to respond to Chajin because he went too far. Um, and then she nearly collapses, and, like, Achua catches her. And she's like, nope, that's it. You're, I'm cutting you off from interaction tonight. You're going to bed. <laughs> Yeah. She then tells Zoryu to stick with neutral Jing and wait until they come up with a plan. After they leave, Zoryu tells Kiyoshi that he'd rather read or play Pi Show than do stuff like this. It's like, oh, do you also play Pi Show? And then she gets annoyed because people think, you know, because like people think like being skillful at the game is automatically means that you're a smart person, yeah. like a wise person. And she's like, you know, considering how humble her beginnings were. That like she never learned how to play pie show and probably didn't really have interest in doing it, you know. That kind of like digs a little at her when people ask her if she plays, you know. I also think it's interesting that this pie show thing comes up just minutes before what's about to happen. Yeah, you know what I mean. Because like again, because like he, he said that like he mentioned that oh yeah, I used to play you know pie show with Yun. He was also really good at diplomacy too, and it's just yeah. like it's just like extra like salt in the wound for Kiyoshi. <laughs> And Zoryu then just says, like, I he didn't mean to insult her. And, you know, again, he mentions Yun and, you know, how he enhanced his image at, at court and pulled a lot of diplomatic strings for him than the people who were supposed to be working for him. Um, and he says that, you know what, yeah, he was actually pretty close with Yun, that, like, he felt less alone. And he gives his condolences for his loss. And actually, Kiyoshi realizes that he's one of the few people who actually care about his loss. Yeah. Well, he's not dead, but you know what I mean. Um, Kiyoshi is trying to figure out the best way to tell him that Yun is actually still alive. Well, you're about to get your chance, girl, because they head back to the party and they and he asks Jess more about the flower symbolism. And essentially, long story short, here's a Cliff Notes version of it. The flower portrait is a ray of Chajin trying to provoke someone from Zoryu's mother's clan, the Kaoso clan. Uh, to attack a Seowon because so that way they can sort of fight with it and it would be, and then like, you know, it would seem like he was defending his honor by provoking somebody else, essentially, over the flowers. Uh, Zoryu admits to her privately that he wished that he could abdicate, but the Kaoso would attack the Seowon clan and just a whole other mess would start. But of course, we can't think too much about the mess that could happen because there's a whole ass mess about to happen right now. They arrive back in the hall to find a dense crowd, but they are angry, confused, and most of all, terrified. And she's like, Wait, what's going on here? Like, why are people acting like this? And he's like, oh, this, this voice is like, oh, this is how hostages behave, by the way. Hey, Kiyoshi, how's it going, girl? My mouth was open. I was waiting for Yen to come back eventually. I didn't think he'd come back this soon or at this oh, time, yeah. you know? And he didn't even talk the last time that she saw him, I don't think. I think he was yeah. busy, like, he was nonverbal. No, he, it's, it even says, FCE does this thing where he announces a character's intro with, like, he doesn't say the name of the character, but... He like talks about the character. Like even before it says Yun is there, he said, you know, um, Kiyoshi didn't hear his name when he when she saw him in Chinchao. So, so you're like he's supposed to connect the dots before it, instead of it just being like it was Yun suddenly. You know, like it's a lot. It's better to, to yeah ramp up the tension that way. But yeah, I was like mouth agate. I was like completely shocked. And I was like, oh my god, I just want to keep reading. <laughs> Yeah, but we are we are we are honorable with our read with our reading. We want yeah. to make sure that we actually are reacting properly to each of the chapters without sneaking ahead. Also, speaking of like sneaking ahead, we um might post like a Kiyoshi meme or something uh 
as much as it's tempting to say something about what happens later, like anything about yeah. Avatar Kuruk and his true backstory, like um, I highly recommend that you don't say anything that could potentially spoil uh, the Shadow of Kiyoshi for us in the comments on our post. As much as we yeah. love interaction, we really want to make sure we can actually. This is like, let's be honest, this is one of the few pieces of Avatar media that we haven't like seen already right, right so i really want to make sure that we get to experience all of the twists and turns so try if you're going to comment on our post try to like keep it to a minimum of uh spoilers or anything that could you know just as spoiler free as possible and i i will cop to some of it being our fault we probably should have said something in the caption yeah. this was about our fandom corner post from last week if we post something uh, that has to do with Shadow Kiyoshi, just please try to keep the comments spoiler-free. Um, fortunately, they weren't that spoilery, but it did hint at some things that I'm I saw and I told Kayla not to look at it. So, and I didn't want to delete the comments. Like I didn't want to know, like yeah. you know, censor anyone or anything. But yeah, just just be mindful. Um, especially also too, if you plan on submitting feedback to the show, or you know, just just be mindful that. This isn't a case where we've watched the show uh, like Avatar and we're going back to recap it. it. We haven't read the book already and we're going back. This is our first time going through it blind. So we're, we tried our best to keep keep it that way and our reactions as authentic as possible. So yeah, just a quick PSA there. Exactly. Cool. And that ends our chapter by chapter recap of chapters five through eight. Let's move on to Fame Corner. Um, a Reddit thread. This doesn't look like Tumblr. Um, <laughs> so, we'll, be back on our, we'll be back on our Tumblr bullshit next week <laughs> so someone asked on Twitter uh, Make-A-Wish employees what was the most strangest thing a Make-A-Wish kid asked for and actually received someone replied under them my ex-girlfriend was a Make-A-Wish kid and she got to be a guest on Avatar The Last Airbender she was in the Tales of Bossing Say episode and at the end of the Tale of Aang she's the kid that sees her cat in the zoo and says Fluffykins what are you doing down there also to add to this, her wish wasn't actually to be on the show, but to go to Orlando Studios to meet the cast and crew. While she was there, the show's creators offered to draw her into the show and gave her a line to say. So the character she voiced was even drawn to look like her. Even the hat she wears was similar to the one she wore at the time. Aww. This is very heartwarming. I also, I don't want it to sound cynical and tell me if I should cut this out. I hope this is true. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, I don't, I don't, you know, it's Reddit. So I don't know. People just be making shit up on there. This is a great story. I just hope it's true. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. But I did see a picture of the girl who called down the Fluffykins. Yeah. Um, she did have like that pink, kind of like a pink hat on. And it looks like something that would like a lot of cancer patients would have like a little beanie. Oh, okay. So I think there is potentially some credibility to this story okay perhaps. well in that case yeah Either. i hope i it's a very heartwarming story i just hope it's it's authentic and true um but yeah and i i would not i also don't put it past um the show's creators to do something like this they seem like those kind of people um mm -hmm. to do something like that but yeah that's a very heartwarming little fandom corner haven't had one of those in a while uh don't worry <laughs> we're going right back to heart-wrenching head cannons next week <laughs> i don't I, I actually don't know what we're gonna do next week yet I always figured out like a few days. Before. Just take it one <laughs> week at a time. Or as as I've learned from the Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt, just take it 10 seconds at a time. Or I just, you know, bomb Andre with a bunch of pictures like I did last week. <laughs> it, yeah. All right. Let's pivot on to our recommendations this week. What do you recommend this week, Andre? I recommend the incredible, spectacular, life-changing Owala water bottle. This thing, this thing right here, patrons right here, has changed my life for the better and has changed my life indefinitely in numerous ways and more permanent ways and in ways that I can't describe nor that I could have predicted. So this water bottle is not your is not your normal water bottle, folks. It not only keeps your water extremely, extremely cold, but if you look at it, if you open it up, right, it's got a thing, you know, that you can hold around and it locks the lid down so it doesn't spill anywhere. I put this in my bag with um, like notebooks and books when I go to teach lessons and it has not spilled once. That's impressive. And it like click, it clicks open. All right. Like that. But the best part, there's actually a hole where you can just gulp water and there's also a straw. There's a straw. So let me, allow me to demonstrate. <laughs> 
<laughs> so refreshing and so delicious. It is like $25 on Awala. They've got all these different colors and it's changed my life. Nice. And if you're like me who needs a, a nice water bottle to remind them to drink fucking water, then this is the water bottle for you folks. Awala not sponsored. Kayla, what about you? What's your recommendation? So I find that like you tend to recommend like items and stuff and I tend to recommend more like series and movies and stuff like that. Uh, I don't know. I'm not going to lie. My recommendation was almost Velcro command strips this week, but I decided not to. <laughs> well, I I bought something this past week that might be a recommendation in a future episode. So, okay. Um, this week, I personally recommend uh, the movie The Shape of Water. Um, okay. So of water bottles and all that stuff. Um, <laughs> since school let out, I've had a little bit more time to watch movies on my watch list. And it's been on my watch list for a while. Um, it's a it's the movie about it's the fish man movie. Okay. One it's the fish. It's the fish man movie. Yeah. <sighs> the amphibian man, technically. But the fish man movie from uh, 2017, I think. It won an Oscar for Best Picture. Um, it's uh, directed by Guillermo del Toro. Uh, and no, that was not, that was the year after La La Land, the whole Moonlight and La La Land's like debacle. No, I'm, I'm just <laughs> laughing because I find it so funny that, that you had to, you had to correct me and say actually amphibian man as if not to <laughs> offend the amphibian community. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I just like, uh, here's the thing. I've been watching a lot of video essays, <sighs> well, not a lot. There's only probably two Fuck. out there, but I watched a few video essays on the Shape of Water, so they refer uh-huh. to it as the Amphibian Man. Anyway, okay. um, for those of you who don't really know what the Shape of Water is, the it's a woman. It's a uh, basically the story of um, a woman who can't speak and communicates in uh, ASL, and she works at a government facility as a cleaner, and um, she meets this Amphibian Man, Fish Man, um, experiment while cleaning, and eventually they fall in love. And believe me, it sounds weird. But it really works, okay? I feel the mm-hmm. need to justify all my reason for liking this movie because of the odd concept, but it is a beautiful movie. Sure. I got choked up, and I did not choke up easily, okay? Like, I got choked up towards the end. There's a lot of homages to, like, old Hollywood. Um, there's a lot of, like, interesting stuff with, like, the choice of, like, the color in the movie. If you're interested in those kind of details, I watched a lot of video essays about it. And by a lot, I mean two because there's not that much out there about it because not many people talk about it, which makes me upset. Um, and also to answer your question, yes, she does have sex with the fish man. Uh, <laughs> you're probably thinking... I I don't know if if anyone here was asking. It's an R-rated movie, but people like talked. That was like that was okay. Speaking of Tumblr, that was a hot topic on Tumblr. The fact that she fucked the fish man. Oh, I remember. <laughs> yeah, I could not escape it. Probably one of the reasons that drove me out of Tumblr. <laughs> okay, there is no fish dick. If that makes you feel better, <laughs> you don't see fish dick. That's oh fine. I'm like, I think all, this, all the things I'm saying are just making me like, hate it more. But honestly, it is actually a really sweet love story. It's a great movie. There's a lot of like, <laughs> I don't know. I really like the fucking movie, okay? That's the point I'm trying to make You here. don't I see Fish Stick, Kayla, Avatar Hour podcast. <laughs> yeah. Or I guess it's a pro or a con, depending on who you're asking about that. But anyway. Just completely uh, immortalized in this audio form. You're welcome. But anyway, Shape of Water, I really liked it. I think it's underrated uh, in comparison to a couple, like a lot of other uh, Guillermo del Toro's work. And I think more people should watch it. Cool. It's a good movie. I recommend watching it at least once. Okay. All right. Let's just switch away from fish stick discussion and let's switch over <laughs> to <laughs> getting out of here because I think I've made this painfully awkward for the both of us. <laughs> All right. Of course, our fandom corner submissions are always open. So if you find a theory or a headcanon or funny meme to do with Avatar and the wonderful universe that it exists in, go ahead and send it over to at the Avatar Hour podcast on Facebook and Instagram or over at Avatar Hour on Twitter. If we like what you have sent us, we will read it on the show and give you a shout out. So head on over to our social media channels and send us your submissions. And of course, if you always need some extra Avatar Hour in your life, which you totally do, um, make sure you subscribe to our exclusive Patreon. You can do it for as little as $1 a month or as much as $5 a month. Um, you can get access to our Google Docs, ad-free avatar hour, and of course our flagship benefit, the avatar after hour. Uh, we our most recent one, like I keep advertising because just so damn good is we tried casting a live action avatar series and disastrously. It was wonderful. So if you want access to that kind of stuff, go subscribe at our $5 uh, Air Acolyte level. Right? 
Is that it? No. Yep. Okay. No, it was <gasps> right. Five dollar <gasps> account level. Hey, this whole this whole episode's had me on edge. They're gonna screw things up again. Like no. I didn't refer to it as Ryza Kiyoshi this episode. I am on a roll today. <laughs> You're good. You're good. Oh my goodness. Yep. And we are also introducing a new feature on the show called Listener Memos. If you want your voice to make a special appearance on the show, record your theories or any feedback about the show on the Voice Memo app on your phone, and you can email them over to the Avatar Hour Podcast at gmail.com. And we will play those voice memos live on the show. Thank you all so much for listening this week and every week. We will see you next time. Until then, I'm Kayla. And I'm Andre. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye.